Prepared for the Pandemic by Jay Jones. I say I'm a pinball and I'm glad the machine belongs to God. I can look back and see that when I started dreaming about things and feeling an urgency to take certain steps, it was God preparing me, gently nudging me into position for what was to come. I had no idea how COVID-19 would change our lives on the day we went to our favorite restaurant to celebrate our son's grades. I did not yet understand how personally God had helped us to collect tools and materials with which we build systems to carry us through this present storm. Our favorite waitress, Kim, was grateful and surprised when we hugged her as we had done many visits before. The craze going on in the world is making us hug our sanitizer instead of people, she said. People are buying water and toilet paper so they can sell what they're hoarding online. I'm not worried about myself, she told us as she pulled herself away to pour a warm up of coffee into cups at another table. Her fear was for older people living on fixed incomes, bravely gathering themselves for their weekly shopping trip, only to find the pandemonium of lines, basic staples out of stock and rationing. Now that restaurant is closed except for curbside pickup online orders that detail the make and model of the car and the catering notes. God knows the end from the beginning, not to say the pandemic is our end, but it did not surprise God. Well before the pandemic arrived, my heart and mind had been increasingly drawn to the idea of teaching our children at home. My husband did not share my desire. It had been a point of contention for months. I was ready to pull the kids from school and hit the homeschooling thing with all my energy. My husband thought it was wiser to step into this possibility with a little more caution, and he pledged his support in gathering supplies and homeschooling on the weekends. Still, God was leading me to do one thing in all areas, prepare. He knew ahead of time how my desperate and seemingly futile homeschool agenda would weave perfectly into what I call the craze. While I was scheming to shift education from outside of our control to within it, Fear of the virus and confirmed cases led to school closures, and suddenly, homeschool was the only option. Oprah Winfrey once said, opportunity has to be met with preparation. God called me to trust him to hear and answer my prayers. I will not end up begging for bread, even if there isn't a single roll of toilet paper for miles. I am established, and my path is being made straight. Because I've committed homeschool, the craze fallout, and my family to him in the name of Jesus. I remember being on the phone with my husband in the kitchen having one of our tense micro discussions, the kind where I needed to fit in a full day of feelings, thoughts, and questions into a few minutes. We had many things over which we needed to come into agreement, while his attention was divided between me and his computer screen, fielding pings, replies, updating code, and a meeting he just got out of and the one about to begin. I was heated, not just frustrated, I could feel it in my skin. Maybe my meetings never took place in real pants or conference rooms, but my bun and I fielded the emotional pings of kids bullied mercilessly at school. I needed to be ready with replies when my kids told me about the uncensored TV some of their teachers allowed them to watch and some of the language they were allowed to use. I felt a desperate sense of urgency to bring them home from that environment. Why do you trust the school and not me? I asked him. God knows I can do it. He has equipped me. My friends kept saying this to me. It was hard for me to believe any of it when my own husband, the person God made to be one with me, was nervous about my ability to educate our children. I trust you, he said, and then he called me a pet name, salt in the wound of his doubt. 
I just think they're doing well. It would be weird to pull them in the middle of the year, he said. Why don't we just allot some time on the weekend to see if it even makes sense for us? I felt patronized because I like to have my way on a shorter timeline. Public school got eight hours a day for months to prove itself. I was allowed only a few hours a week, but God opened my heart to see I could throw my complaining mentality away and choose a better mindset from the shelf. I could use the opportunity he'd offered, teaching them on the weekends to organize myself, familiarize myself with the materials and set up a lesson plan. If I hadn't taken those steps months ago, I would be totally overwhelmed by what's happening right now. If I hadn't prayed while I couldn't see the thing I wanted or the way to get to it, I wouldn't have been ready when God gave me the answer to my prayer. We started to sense that even if we were not panicking, we'd better prepare. So we got some canned foods and toilet paper. Good thing, too. That was around March 5th. A few days later, too much persistent chatter with other moms had me wringing my hands about water. So hubby brought home six cases, not the four or five I'd requested. When he went to Walmart for diapers, wipes, and bacon, there was zero tissue. Not even the thin, scratchy prison tissue I've only bought by accident in the past. Then the governor told all the superintendents in the state, school is canceled for four weeks. He tightened the jar of our isolation by demanding restaurants and pubs close. The problem? We are inside that suffocating snow globe shaken by COVID-19. Our lives are inside. Fear rose in me as I saw the change in the community mentality. The links people go to avoid eye contact and maintain physical distance. Shoppers wear hospital grade masks and gloves and the tension concentrates in the air like water vapor, invisible to the human eye, but slowly drowning us all. Hopelessness wafts from shops instead of coffee smells. Desperate small businesses emailing daily, now offering contactless delivery options. In-person services clumsily shift to online like square pegs and round holes. Within my marriage, my husband and I disagree about what it means to have a proper margin of security and about when and whether and how we could possibly have any idea of the timing for a market correction. I filled my cart for just one more grocery delivery and then we quietly fought to the death during family movie night as my thumb hovered over the Apple Pay confirmation thumbprint. What does mama want to buy? One of the kids wanted to know. What do we need a first aid kit for? Asked another. Before the shelter-in-place mandate officially closed schools, my oldest came home from a regular junior high Friday talking about a friend's birthday party. I hoped the venue would honor the booking given the unfolding events. Ultimately, the smelly trampoline place was open for the birthday party, but barely, I realized as my friend texted me pictures. It was a ghost town. As I considered the pictures, I began to have a heavy thought. I don't want this to be the end. I want life to resume. Life the parts that can be taken for granted as boring, is fragile and hollow, holding together only as long as there isn't too much pressure. People walking by with their dogs or driving by in their trucks, waving and smiling, that simple neighborly connection is actually precious. For my own reasons, I gathered homeschool materials and tried to convince my husband that my new education agenda can work. I was talking with a neighbor recently, and she surprised me by saying she'd been doing the same for her own reasons. She has a son with special needs, and her only hesitation is not a skeptical partner. It's the very necessary services that public school has always provided. Weeks into the shelter-in-place mandate, different mama bears have reached out to me saying, 
I think it's important for our kids to see us going about our normal routines as much as possible during this time. It teaches them that we still have to keep living. They aren't alone. Another said, I feel like I'm dreaming all of this. It's pretty scary. All I've been doing is praying. I italicized their words to emphasize what stood out to me, fear. And in one case, the way it's making her search for God as COVID reigns in our minds. We aren't alone. The isolation has revealed my arrogant belief that I was holding my life together. From inside the snow globe with my face pressed against the glass, I wondered, will regular life begin again? Then I read this declaration by Bishop Jakes. This is a great time to pray, plan, and prepare. Many people are just waiting for normal to return, but disruptions come to liberate you from what was and to prepare you for what's next. I realized there are other wise ways to view these current events. Although I hadn't seen it this way at first, my husband's heart has opened and given me an opportunity to walk out the homeschool vision I'd been imagining. Watching my kids build the robots my successful homeschool friends recommended, I know God was preparing me. Jay Jones, thank you so much for sharing this piece with our community. Oh my gosh, thank you for letting me do it. Yeah, we're so grateful for your words. And since we are just taking Wednesdays every now and then to cover a little bit of quarantine, COVID-19 related reflections, I'd love to ask you a couple questions about that. And um, I'd love to know what you are doing for yourself to relieve stress and cope with the challenges that have come to your family and community as a result of the pandemic? Well, um, first of all, we have a simple schedule and mm-hmm. it's kind of an outline for the day. It begins for me with prayer and the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the kids join me um, around nine or so and we prep breakfast and eat that together. And then they do their Bible time and share that with me. And we purposefully are limiting devices during the day and trying to focus on things that are either outside or that are family-based, getting their e-learning done during the day. And then we're wrapping that up with family reading time at night and making sure that we have a um, set bedtime. Mm -hmm. And the reading kind of is their ongoing alarm that says, we are now at this time when mommy starts reading, we're getting ready for bed. Mm-hmm. We're winding down in a quiet way and then trying to be consistent with that so that they have anchors, that we all have anchors and touch yeah. points because it's been taken away from us in some ways. Yeah, I think that's great. Are you doing anything for yourself personally apart from your kids for stress relief? I'm trying to get out and do some walking mm-hmm. when I can. I'm gardening with my husband again. Mm-hmm. That's come back into our lives big time. Um, because he's home all the time. So we have that time now and we can focus on it like we haven't been able to. Yeah. And um, I'm reading again. And that's really nice getting in some reading time. And um, I feel like my IQ is going up. Mm. (laughs) Well, that's dangerous because you're already a very smart woman, Jay. Uh. (laughs) I love it. Have you had any meaningful moments of connection with your kids in the past week? I feel like I'm being repetitive here, but reading with the kids, which is something that we did not have time for before. I mean, our schedules were so busy 
with good things, with Taekwondo, with Awana, um, doing a lot of stuff that we were happy to, to do and that we were proud that we were doing. But it made for a lot of late nights and there wasn't a lot of breath. Um, so now we have time and we're reading um, with the kids and whether it's Busy Bear with Poppy, mm-hmm. she loves all those books where you can slide the little pieces up and down and sideways. And, um, and we're reading Chronicles of Narnia with the kids on Earth Day, which just passed. My son and I planted in the garden together. And that was really deep on many levels just to Mm. be outside together and, um, you know, doing something that lasts. Um, So yeah, that's awesome. Well, what is one activity your kids have loved doing has kept them happily occupied while at home they're doing chess Mm -hmm. and um i just googled um the directions of how to play that because i didn't really know and (laughs) they (laughs) and they have um just gone beyond me i mean it's crazy like how quickly kids brains are very elastic and they can learn stuff quickly and just get amazing at it but they're also riding bikes together and pushing the baby in in her in either on the bikes like my son can actually pull the baby on the trailer or they'll walk and we'll go um in the trails that are mm-hmm. near our house and yeah. that is a lot of the time that we spend together and we love doing that. My eight-year-old has been out pogoing, yeah. um, you know, it's That's just awesome. like, yeah. I mean, just stuff that they haven't, they haven't done. Like I said, it kind of deadens you a little bit when there's no breath. I, that sounds so mean to say, but it kind of deadens you when there's not enough breath to even become creative yeah. and you find yourself just doing like really boring things. And yeah. uh, we found the breath to do some, more exciting, creative things. Mm, so great. Yeah. When you're talking about the kids uh, pushing the baby in the stroller, pulling her in the wagon and whatnot, we've been walking in the neighborhood a lot, several times a day, usually. And my four-year-old, he loves riding his bike, but we're taking long enough walks and it's a slight incline on the way home, <laughs> like just a little bit. It's not like a hill. It's yeah. just a little harder to pedal that bike. And so he gets really frustrated and doesn't want to go and doesn't want to ride his bike home. So yeah. we started bringing a jump rope with us and my husband pulls him along with the jump rope around his bike <laughs> handles. <laughs> It's the cutest thing ever. Uh, so um, yeah, that's one of the funny things that my family has been doing. Yeah, there's just things you would never see um, happening if it not just, for this. So it cracks me up mostly because my full-grown husband is pulling yeah. his four-year-old son on a bike. And it looks like a toddler pulling a little ducky <laughs> on a string or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Oh, awesome. Uh, things that amuse me. <clears throat> All right. Last question. Is there a quote or scripture you return to in stressful times? Yeah, I really, um, I like to remind myself when things are chaotic like this, when we have lost the delineation between like what we that, that was given to us by the structure that we formerly had, when we lose that, I feel like we really need to remind ourselves of the anger of God and how he does that, how he has the power over everything in this world. Mm-hmm. And so I really like to come back. It's it's um first Corinthians chapter eight, verses five and six. And I actually wrote this down. This is the Amplified 
mm-hmm. version. So it's got some extra words. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is but one God, the Father who is the source of all things and for whom we live in one Lord, Jesus Christ, by whom are all things and by whom we ourselves exist. I love it. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing, Jay. And I hope that the rest of this shelter at home time is positive for your family and that you stay healthy. And uh, thanks so much for sharing your piece with us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure.